0: Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, um, where we talk about leadership, and it's an honor to be able to connect with you every month and learn how we can all grow together. So, um, Dr. Conway Edwards, how are you doing today? I am doing
1: fantastic. It is a <laughs> wonderful day
0: here in
1: Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, no, Plano to be specific, Yes, uh, and we're loving it. So, what do we yeah. got today?
0: Hey, we, we started this idea last week time we got together last mm-hmm. month about leading up and this whole concept of how to lead the leaders above you. And uh, I just want to remind everybody listening that on our webpage, you can get the show notes where you can follow along um, for that past one and this one. It's visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. But we intro this idea of leading up because we all want to know, or most of us want to know, how can I lead those above me? Yeah. And um, what I thought was fascinating, I'm not going to give it all away, but... I just thought it was fascinating that the primary way to, to lead up is to lead yourself. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is. And remember, uh, every leader has to lead down. We has to lead across to your peers, mm-hmm. people on your same level. You've got to lead within. you got to lead yourself. you got to lead up. The one that's oftentimes, the one that most leaders think, young leaders think, is the most challenging is to lead up. But mm-hmm. it's actually not. The one that's most challenging is to lead within. How do you lead yourself? How do you take care of your soul? How do you make sure you stay uh, motivated, fired up, ready to go? And that's a whole nother session we can do. Mm-hmm. But today, we're talking about how in the world do you lead up? And we argued, based on the last time, if you'll remember that God um, wants to wants you to be over some people that he will place under you. But in order to do that, you have to get under those he has already placed over you, which therefore means manage what's going on in your life right now very well. Get used to being under authority. Get used to that. That is a good thing in the body of Christ so that we can be held accountable, so that we can pray up. And by the way, the number one thing I want you to know, if you're not praying for your leaders daily, That means you're not leading up well. Mm -hmm. So your job Mm -hmm. is to make sure by name you're calling your leader's name and asking God to be with them, to bless them, to provide for them, to protect their heart, to protect their family. Your job should be I'm praying for my leaders daily because the word of God says that it ought to be a joy. Your leaders ought to say I love leading this individual because it's a joy for them to lead you. So your assignment, remember, every single day. You're not ready to lead up until you're praying for your leader, for their heart, for their family, for the protection and guarding of that mind and heart. you got to be doing that every single day, which therefore means you have, here's another principle, you have maximum freedom, maximum freedom, when you come under God's authority. You have maximum freedom. Freedom is not found when you do you. Freedom, maximum freedom is not found when you do your own thing. It's found when you follow God's principle. Let's not fall prey to the same old, same old. You remember what happened in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3? God says, I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak to Adam. Then I'm going to speak Adam. you're going to govern and guide the lady. And then animals. What happened? The devil says, I'm going to start with me. I'm going to talk to the woman. And then the woman talk to the man. And then the man ultimately finds God. I'm telling you, he's still doing the same thing today. Don't break the order that God has over you. It's vital. All right. What else we got, man? No,
0: you, you, uh, you just uh, we've got to, You've got to ex- explore that a little more. Okay. You said freedom comes when you fall under God's authority, not when we do our own thing. Correct. And uh, most of us think freedom means I've got no rules, no restrictions. What in the world? How, how do you bring those two together? Yeah. When freedom's not everything. I want to do whenever I <laughs> want to do it. However <laughs> I want to do it. Versus what does it look like for freedom to be under authority?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that you have to remember oftentimes is once you come under God's guidance and God's leadership, the people that God has currently over you, you get maximum freedom. The problem for most of us is, y'all, that we don't have any good examples of that. So once you okay. get under somebody, you think, well, they're just trying to do it for themselves and all of that. And so, therefore, you oftentimes, because your experiences have been bad, <clears throat> that means you don't then find the, the honor and the privilege of seeing the absolute benefit of being under, under somebody else's authority, whether they're good or whether they're bad. God still says, I'm going to provide maximum blessing, whether that's the case or not. So, for example, for me, <clears throat> I've had a whole lot of blessings being under the protective care of others. I've been under the protective care of my dad. And I remember when my dad told me, hey, I'm not, I got a scholarship, a track scholarship to go to TCU, y'all. <clears throat> and my dad said, no, I don't I don't think you're wise yet. I don't think you're smart enough or wise enough to go be on your on your own yet. And then he did not allow me to do it. And I thought, man, this was my ticket out of Jamaica. I was going to run. I going to be the next bolt. I got it all. Mm-hmm. And he said no. And oh. uh, I, I was frustrated in the moment. And then over time, two years later, I got a soccer scholarship and I went to San Diego instead to go to college there. And I'm telling you that one decision altered the course of my life simply because even though I was frustrated, even though I was mad, I followed the authority that was over me and that was happened. The next one was um, when I wanted to, I didn't want to go to seminary. I said, I don't want to go to seminary. I don't want to be in ministry. I want to go to business route. And my worship leader who was over me at the time at a church in San Diego, he challenged me and he said, hey man, you're going to regret it. If you don't go do what God's calling you to do now. And if you don't, he just told me, listen, I promise you, when you turn 50, you're going to regret this. And so he went ahead and helped me apply for it. And because of that, I went down that path best decision I've ever made because he directed me in that that direction. Next one, my my spiritual father, Tony Evans, he, 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 I was, I didn't want to plant a church here. I wanted to go back to Jamaica. And he decided, no, I think, I think you need to be here. And I think God's doing something pretty special. And again, because I've had leaders and I look, for God to speak to them to speak to me, I have been one of the most blessed human beings on the planet because I simply yeah. allowed God to allow them to lead me. And I was obedient and honoring of the men that he has graciously put over me. And I'm encouraging you, I don't care who it is,
0: to do the same. <laughs> That's so good to, 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 be, to be led well. And um, I, I, my hunch is a lot of people, when they see this topic of how to lead up, they're thinking, how can I get my leader to do the things I want them to do? <laughs> how can I get my agenda through yep. to my leader? And what we've kind of done is pulled a, um, a fast one on you. It's it's not really about doing that. It's how how can you be led well, and then your influence grows as you're led well. And one of the Excuse things that's blessed me over time is is not having to wonder, um, do, I fi- do is this the right decision or is this the wrong decision? Hmm. Do I think I would do it this way if I was in charge or not? Really, following, the way I follow, the way I honor, the way I'm led well, reflects my relationship with God. And that's where the freedom comes from me. I don't have to figure this out. If I'm not being asked to sin, then all other preferences are out the window, and I'm following, and that's how I follow and trust God. So that's given me freedom um, as I'm led. So I really think, and we've got nine ways um, that we're going to talk through, just nine brief things of how you can lead your leader. And it's really going to take a lot of self-reflection on what that looks like. So Mm -hmm. we've already kind of talked about number one. Number one is to lead yourself exceptionally well.
1: That's exactly right. Your assignment is to be faithful and to do good out the assignment that you have given nobody wants you to speak into their lives if you're not doing what you're supposed to do very well your assignment then is to be faithful god everything you do you do for the glory of god which means you ought to be working like you're working for the glory of god quit trying to solve somebody else's problem when you have not yet solved your own be the best be the expert Be the person that's most knowledgeable about your area so that you're adding to the table and people are blown away by your insight based on the assignment you have. What most young leaders try to do is they try to fix the big problems when they haven't solved their own. You need to show up on time. You need to stay later than everybody else just to show that you're all in, that you can trust me because you're all in. I want to shape vision. I want to shape values. I want to shape the direction which we're going. That's great, but are you doing your assignment well? Do, does anybody have to call on you to say, hey, why isn't this done yet? What else do you have to do? But th- there are no questions. When it comes to your area of responsibility, mm-hmm. there should be no questions because you've done more than they've asked you to do. And that more is not based on your opinion. It's based on what the people above you are saying. They're saying, man, we've gave them uh, just this area of ministry, but they've done not only that exceptionally well, they've taken on some others, and they've gone and done more than enough, so you got to lead yourself well spiritually, you got to lead your well, yourself well emotionally, you got to lead yourself well uh, relationally, you got to yourself, lead yourself and your family well, so that the leader above you knows you can handle the breadth of what it takes to be a courageous leader, so number one is Make sure you're leading yourself
0: exceptionally well. And leaders frequently ask me, How, I, I want to I do more. I want to be involved in more. I want to have a greater opportunity. And my answer is always, the reason you're probably not getting more is because you're not doing well at what you already that's have. That's exactly right. Um, every time. <laughs> so every, every single time. Number one. Let, let's go to number two. Number two. <laughs> um, number two, um, let, me, let me say this statement. Uh, individual listening right now. If your leader's not succeeding, then you're not succeeding. So one of the things, number two is, is to lighten your leader's load. You've got to, in every situation, be able to lighten their load, to hold their arms up. Mm -hmm. They should come to you when things are too heavy and be willing and ready and excited to hand something off to you because they know that you can handle it and that you can do so well at it that it's going to create a win for the whole organization. I love, love, love that. Let me remind
1: you again, whatever, whatever your load is, multiplied by 100, and you got your leader's load. So whenever you feel, oh, my gosh, this is so much, you need to multiply that by 100 to get the load that your leader is carrying. And this is so important because when you understand the leader's load and you can walk in their shoes, then you don't ask them stupid questions. (laughs) Then you're not walking up and just taking up their time for no other reason Mm -hmm. because you understand that when they're leading – They're leading at such a level, and they're carrying so much that you don't want to burden them with issues you can go Google and find out. You don't want to burden them with issues you can ask your cohorts (laughs) and find out. So you must make sure that your assignment is you are clear on the load your leader has. That's why you have to pray for your leader. And then number two, that's why you need to ask the leader occasionally, is there anything I can do to to, to take a, just a little piece off of your plate? Is there any, whenever you have any area that you think, hey, man, I wish somebody could take this and just kind of run with it, and you need to say to them, hey, whenever you have any of those, can you just can you just allow me please to help you? I promise you I'll give it my thorough best and I'll do everything I can to give you the the notes that I come up with based on what you've asked me just so that I can lighten your load. I'm trying already by mm-hmm. praying now is there any small assignment that you think I might be able to do to help you along the way whether it's a male or a female, that's what you're looking for and then and then sometimes, Another thing you ought to do is to see whether or not you can discern something. So if one time you, lead her, you hear a you leader praying for something and you have uh, you know, maybe some insight uh, in, in, a, in a text form, a written form, don't, they don't want to know your opinion unless they ask you for it, by the way. Don't be, oh, yeah, yeah, let me tell you how to fix that. No, 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 no. You can keep that. If you have somebody else's opinion about it and you think it might help, you might want to say, hey, hey, I heard you praying about this. Here's an article I saw. I don't know if it's helpful. If it is, great. If it's not, sorry to waste your time. And then you keep it moving. But your assignment is to look for subtle ways that you can lighten your leader's load.
0: Wow. Number three, uh, be willing to do what others want. Oh, my goodness. One of the ways I hear us talk about that here is a warrior spirit. That's it. Um, that when something's in front of you, nothing can stop you. You will get done whatever needs to be done. You will uh, if it, if it's trash, if it's mowing the grass, if it's cleaning a window, mm-hmm. that you're willing to do what others want. Because when you're willing to do what others want, then you'll get opportunities to do other th- to do things that others can't do. Yeah, and you'll have opportunities just because you you've proven that you can do whatever in the world is needed. And that shows a level of dedication, a a level of desire, a level of humility, a level of you're in it for the organization no matter what.
1: No, that is so huge. What leaders look for is the people. Here's Once you become a leader, you know what other leaders do because you know what it takes to be a good, courageous, bold leader. So here's what all great leaders do. They're the they're the first to, they're the last to get there. they're the first to get there and the last to leave. They're always going beyond the call of duty, so mm-hmm. they're always doing things that everybody else would not do. And so that's why when you see great basketball players, they're in the gym three hours after practice is over, still trying to perfect a shot. Uh, when you look at football players, they're still running routes, they're still preparing all the way up to the end of the game, because they know that the difference between average, good, and great is 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 milliseconds at the level of professionalism that they are so your assignment is to go the extra mile your assignment Mm -hmm. is to be committed to excellence in every area of your life and to do and put the work in you cannot hide from this stuff they're going to see it. They're going to know based on how you think. They're going to know based on what they see you doing. And they're always observing you to see if you're a shortcut kind of a guy or a shortcut kind of a girl. And if you are, then then that's going to say to them, you might take shortcuts on my work too. Therefore, I'm not going to give you the extra assignment mm-hmm. to see if this will
0: take you to the next level. That's so good. I can't wait to hear your your, your take on the next one. Number four mm. is do more than manage. <laughs> lead with an exclamation point. Lead. Do more than manage. Lead. What's the difference between Ooh. managers and leaders?
1: Lord have mercy. Leaders do the right things. Managers do things right. Managers know that all the T should be crossed, I should be dotted, they know, hey, this needs to be this way, there's no other way this way. Leaders are less concerned about that. Leaders just want to know where are we going and what's the quickest way to get there, and and no, not the quickest, what's the healthiest way to get there while getting there as quickly as we can. That's what they know. And so they're just taking the next step to get to where the, the, the organization, the church, the ministry, the group needs to get to. And so you need to make sure you're leading, not managing. If your assignment in a in a church is to is to lead a ministry area, if your assignment in an organization is to lead this department, then you need to have somebody who can manage. But your assignment is not to manage. Your assignment is to lead courageously. Now, sometimes that might mean you have to slow down to take care of people, to value people, so that they know that. But your major assignment is to make sure there's clarity in that ministry or organization and to make sure everybody knows what everybody should be doing in this moment to get us to where we need to be. So make sure you're leading because leaders are attracted to leaders. Leaders are not attracted to managers. Leaders love leaders because when you're a leader, you're asking the right questions. When, because the questions that you're asking is, hey, what's, how, how, is the vision clear, and then how do we get there? When you're a manager, you're asking a different set of questions, which is the right questions for your temperament, for who you are, and for the back-of-house stuff when mm-hmm. you're trying to manage people and manage things to get it done. But if you want to help your leader, then you got to lead. <laughs> lead, Woo. lead, lead. Come on.
0: <laughs> okay. That's, I need a deep breath after that one. <laughs> 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 Number five is invest in relationship chemistry. And no something nervous. I hear – I've heard it and read it and seen it, is that when individuals leave a job, an organization, a church, they're not leaving the organization, they're leaving people and culture. Every time. time. Tell me about investing in relational chemistry. Yeah, this is is good for leaders to
1: always remember. And so as you remember, let's say there's some leaders listening to it, and they're glad to hear me say all the things that I've said so far. But leaders, we need to remember that when we're hiring people, we need to hire people that have the chemistry and the cadence of your organization, because a lot of people just don't have it. And if they don't have the cadence, meaning how the, being in step with the rhythm and the pace of the organization, then they're never gonna mm-hmm. then they're never going to thrive. Or if they don't have the chemistry, if it's just awkward, if it don't fit, if it's not a natural gelling of the minds, then ultimately you're going to frustrate each other because it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be delightful to be in a room with the person because the chemistry is not, it's just not there. It's awkward. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, I just don't like being in the room with that person. And so you got to make sure that the that it's a fit and that uh, personally, you guys can gel together. And so you must make sure, uh, if you're the leader that's leading up, that you're studying the environment and the chemistry that your leader's leading, and then that you can adjust to that. And, And by the way, even if you don't like it, you should learn yep. how to adjust to it, even if it's for the season that you're there. But you can't. I just don't like that, so I'm not going to do that. And if it's sin, then absolutely. But if it's not, then it's your job, and Jesus is giving you a unique opportunity to become an individual that can adjust. To the environment they're in, so that you can thrive. You cannot say, "Well, I just don't like that ki- that type or the way they do that." We're not in the liking business. We're in the making the adjustments to make sure you're a fit where you are, and then you learning the lessons so that when you're not in that culture, you can know, "Hey, you know what? I've seen that, and I really don't feel that it's not sin, but I don't like that in that particular culture. No problem. But while you're in it, you don't get to criticize it. You get to honor up, mm-hmm. so your leaders know and love you because you're not the person looking for an excuse you're the person that's looking to lead the kingdom ministry forward
0: that's good and the next one piggybacks on that one Mm -hmm. so if you're going to have great chemistry relationship and you're going to work on that and be you have to be prepared every time you take your leader's time every time you get to sit at the table you're at the room you're at a meal you've got to be prepared Every time you take your leader's time, every time you're with them, be ready. What does it look like? Oh. What does a picture look like of oh. when someone's not ready versus when they are ready? It is the most It is the most
1: painful thing
0: when somebody wastes your
1: time because it's, it's also one of the most selfish things. In other words, you want to take the leader's time. You don't know that it's a gift that they're giving you to give you their time. And so because you don't know that, Then you minimize it, and you want a friend when you're supposed to be looking for a mentor, a leader, a coach. And so you've got to make sure you know this is is not a friendship. This is somebody trying to help you and pour into you to go where you need to get to. Mm -hmm. And their job is just to empty your cup. If you don't want what's in their cup, that's fine. Then don't take their time. But if you want to eat what's in their cup, then it's your job to craft the questions and to become to the meeting prepared, to come to the Zoom call prepared, to come to the the lunch prepared with way more questions than you know they can answer. It is your job to pick the mind. You don't ever want to follow what a leader has accomplished. You want to know the mind that it took to accomplish that. And if you're going to do that, they have some habits, they have some rhythms, they have a way of going about life that you need to consider. And you need to learn. That's why you come with all the questions you can have in the world. Don't waste your leader's time. And by the way, if you're a slow talker and they're a fast talker, then you better learn to fasten up so that by the time you get to talking to them, uh, it it is something that's done quickly and not something that you, what, what the leader will take two seconds to tell you, you have to take five minutes to unpack. And I'm like, remember, you're walking in their shoes when you're going to get their time. Do not assume that well, they if they love Jesus, they're going to slow down and talk to me. They will. They probably just won't give you another time. Make sense? So let me tell you what I do. One of my mentors taught me this. You give somebody the first 15 minutes. Everybody, all assignments, anytime somebody wants to meet, you get 15 minutes. Now, you, what you don't know is that it's really not 15 minutes. It's really 30 minutes, but they'll only give you the other 15 if you're This is a bad word. You don't give it the other 15 if you have proven responsibly enough and it's a worthwhile investment for that leader. So literally, they say, I'll give you 15 minutes to waste my time. Okay, I'll do that. To go beyond that 15 minutes, you better have earned it some way Mm. by having the right questions, by it being a fascinating discussion, by it being something that's stimulating to the leader as well as stimulating to you. If that's the case, you would have prepared thoroughly before that meeting.
0: Yeah. And wow. I I can just say from my own experience with Pastor Conway and with others, um, very, very seldom do you ever sit down and spend time with a leader and they're just shooting the breeze. (laughs) Every single moment is intentional. And if you go in thinking it's not, then you've misread the whole thing. So be ready and be thoughtful and be prepared. And
1: you're going to get your feelings hurt. You're going to get your feelings hurt because you're going in there thinking, well, yeah, we're just chilling and we just thought, Hey, how was the game today? Ain't nobody talking about No, okay, fine. Let's talk about the game real quick, and then let's see where else we're going. The point just is, just make sure. If it's, uh, if it's a social gathering, then that's a different deal. Yeah. Let's go and let's watch the game together. Let's have some basketball. Yeah. But if you're setting an appointment with your leader, then you need to make sure it's intentional yep. and you are over-prepared for the use of his or her time. That's
0: good. We got three more. All right. Number seven is going to be quick because this was pretty much most of the topic of our previous Mm -hmm, episode. mm -hmm. Knowing when to push and when to back off. There's certain times that you need to press in hard if you have something you need to share. And there's certain times you need to back off. If you go in one of those times when you should back off, you're going to get sent off. Yep. You've (laughs) got to know when do I push when do I press forward, when do I hold back, and when do I pause? And we went through that in depth before, but what would be your quick version of that? Yeah, so
1: what I would suggest is that you need to be able to read people and learn the art of reading leaders. You need to know, even when a leader has given you time to come in and to have a conversation, uh, you can look at somebody's disposition. I know, are they tired? Does this look like a day when the weight of the world is on their shoulders? And you need to be able to discern that. And you need to be able to give them back time. You need to know when it's time to say, you know what, um, I'd love to continue this, but, 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 but if you don't mind, uh, the next time we talk, can I pick this back up again? And you don't even need to tell them because you sent something. You just need to say, you know, this is all I need today, and I'm just so honored for your time. And then you need to back out of there because here's what you have just done. You have just given them the, the privilege of not laboring to meet with you because they made the commitment to meet with you. You need Mm -hmm. to be mature enough. You need to be disciplined enough to say, I know I have a lot of stuff to talk about. But this doesn't look like the time. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to keep praying for them. And I'm going to spend the rest of my time that I would have had with the leader, him or her, and I'm just going to pray that God will lighten their load or give them the peace because clearly something is on their heart. And so you need to know that. And then there are other times when it's a free flowing conversation and you know you can push the edges and they're inviting you to push the edges. That's when you'll say, hey, you know what? I've got a unique thought that I probably haven't told anybody. What do you think about this? And how do you think this might impact our church? And you can go there. But it is because you can read people that then gives you the freedom to sometimes push and to sometimes say, let's back off and press pause.
0: Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. Number eight, um, when I think of eight, I think of, on. I don't know why, I think of basketball. And I think at the end of a game, when it's when it's clutch time and you're in the huddle, and the coach, depending on your favorite team, I'm going to go way back so we don't date ourselves because <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about the Lakers and who their go-to player would be. But let's right let's right. talk about the Bulls. The Bulls back in the 90s, there was no question who the, go-to, who the coach was going to call. When it's the end of the game, I'm calling Jordan. Yep. There's no question that he's the go-to player. And yep. what you want to be on your team is the go-to player. You don't want to be like – we learned from the series last year, you don't want to be like Scottie Pippen. <laughs> when your number doesn't get called, you go pout on the bench because somebody right. else's number gets called. That's right. That's if you're right. a go-to player, you're okay. If you're called, if you're not called. But you want to be the one that in clutch, in crunch time, the leader picks you. That's right, which means you got to pre- prepare for that which means you've got to be
1: thorough in your preparation, which means you've got to have proven that you've been faithful in the small things so that they can elevate you to larger things. It means they should know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when the next big position shows up, your name is on it. Mm -hmm. And the only way you get there is if you're faithful, Is if you are supportive, is if spiritually you're ready, is if you're teachable and open, is if you have what it takes to make decisions at the next level, is if you're not defensive, you're not trying to defend what happened, Mm. but you're owning responsibility and you're ready to courageously move forward. Your leaders should already know that you're already playing at the big leagues and you're already playing at the highest level of the organization because that's how you're making the decisions. And when you're talking then you're, you're proving that that's how you're thinking mm-hmm. already before you even start this whole deal. So you must prepare by thoroughly so that when an opportunity shows up, when a hard assignment
0: shows up, your name gets called
1: and you're ready to go.
0: And this shows up all the time. Because uh, you see it in business, in organizations, mm-hmm. in church. When the go-to player is called, or if it's the first time you've been called as a go-to player, you have a choice. Yep. And yep. the choice is, are you going to represent yourself, or are you going to represent the organization That's good. or your leader? That's really and sometimes good. you get called on, and it becomes clearly evident when you step up that this is your taking, this is your time to shine. Yep. Versus your time to represent your leader and your organization, your church. And your values of whatever, wherever you're at for those things to shine. And and it sticks out like a sore thumb. Oh, it really does.
1: Y'all, I'm telling you, that's a great point. When you get the limelight, remember, it's not all about you. Oh, my gosh. This is so good. When you get the limelight, remember, this is this is a trial don't blow it, don't make it all about you, Mm -hmm. you need to know, you're still representing the organization, you're still representing the church, the ministry, you're still representing the leader above you, you're still, and and I don't want the the obligatory honor, that's not what this is, this is what does the, the 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 content of your assignment, when they look at the body of work that you do, is it screaming your name, or is it screaming the organization's name? Is it screaming your name? Or is it screaming your leader's name? Let the leader honor you. You don't take it on to honor yourself. I promise you, do not let, um, we call it, don't believe the press report. Don't make it all about you. It will only hurt you over time. Your <laughs> job is to be a team player. Go ahead. I set you up on
0: that one. You did. I did. Uh, we some, see some that some all the time. Some thoughts came to my mind real quick. Yes, that, that one. was a setup. Because we, we, we see it all the time. <laughs> individuals want to lead up they want the chance and you get the chance and then and then you represent yourself yeah and um let the game come to you that's it just let the game come to you number nine the last one the last way to lead your leader we're going to talk about today is be better tomorrow than you are today excellent job that
1: means you are always preparing for your assignment four years from now you're always preparing so you're doing your work here But when when the lights are off you, when it's late at night, you're preparing, you're reading leaders who are leading at levels two times, three times, four times where you are now because you're, you're never stuck. You're always growing. You're always developing. And, and your teammates should be surprised when they hear some thoughts, some books, some podcasts, things that you're listening to, developing people you're interviewing. They should be surprised at the level and quality of people you're interacting with simply because of the position you currently have. They should say, wow, they're they're trying to get to the next level clearly, and and you don't advertise that. You simply, when when called upon to answer questions, to do things in meetings with others, that's when um, maybe some of that stuff can come out, and people know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not just thinking of where you are today. You're preparing yourself for whatever God has in the future. That makes sense, <laughs> but it's a big yeah. deal. You're always preparing for your next. Season. Leaders, we're always in a season and we're preparing for the next one. Your job is to master the one you're in, be faithful, and then always be preparing for whatever God has in store in the future. But make sure you're honoring up when that happens. And the last thing I want to say before I go, I don't care what happens. Just make sure you don't um, disrespect your leader on the way out. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just make sure you're getting the blessings of your leaders. Even if it's a bad one, make sure as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. Your assignment is to lead up, to honor up, to make sure they know Mm -hmm. that you see them as they are the authority over you that God has asked. And therefore, Mm -hmm.
0: let them be aware
1: of it and know it. That's good. That's so good. So.
0: I mean, we've got a lot to chew on. Mm -hmm. You've got to go through and evaluate these nine things for you. As you lead, you might want to rate which one out of one to nine. Which one are you doing okay at? Which one do you need to grow at the Mm -hmm. most? Because these are all, again, I know we kind of bait and switched you. You thought it was going to be how you can get your leader to do what you want, but it's really about how do we become better leaders and then let the game come to us. Let God work however he's going to work. But as we're faithful, as we add value, as we honor, as we support, as we lighten load, it's going to make a difference. Every time.
1: Every time. So Come on, we, leaders. Let's lead up. I'm, lo- we got I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to a new generation of leaders who gets honoring up. Yeah. By the way, young leaders, your assignment also is be careful who you put yourself on there. Because you've got to make sure you come the cost before you put yourself under somebody that does not have your best interests at heart. So in your crisis of wanting a job, make sure you slow down to make sure you want to be under that leader. And that leader is for you and for the
0: best for you as well. That's good. We're so grateful that you tuned in to listen with us or watch Absolutely. today. Um, we want to encourage you. Go to our webpage, visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. You'll be able to see the show notes for all of our episodes and those tools are there for you for free (laughs) so that you can work through this with your teams or with your organizations and if this has been helpful to you it would be a blessing to us and to others if you would share this or if you would give us a review or rating wherever you consume this content again thank you so much dr conway edwards thank you everybody we love you we appreciate you we're praying for you and
1: i know that when you get better your team will get better so do your work put the work in no shortcuts let's honor up See you next time.